Today is saturated in Scripture. It's a choice that we struggle with probably the most. Some of the Beatitudes are um, visible. Today is not visible per se. Now there, there is, we'll get to that here in a little bit. There is a portion of it. But we've learned in this world we're in to hide it. We've learned how to put it in a bubble and exist as if we're insulated from it. So as we study on the Beatitudes, you be praying for the house cleaning choice. Week one was the reality choice. I can't. Meaning that I realize that I'm not God. I admit I'm powerless to control my tendency and to do the wrong things. My life is just unmanageable. Week two was the hope choice. God can. That God exists and I earnestly believe that. He has the power to change me on the inside. Week three is the commitment choice. Let him It's me consciously choosing to commit all of my life and will to Jesus and his full control. Have you ever had a time when you had some seasonal cleaning, spring cleaning, winter cleaning? It depends on what area of the country you're in, but um, seasonal cleaning. The time when we go through closets and purge things out of our house and garage and yard and it's, it's the time when we might look at things a little bit different. I had that experience about three or four weeks ago. I was standing with the garage door open, looking in my garage, thinking, how in the world have I gathered this much stuff? As I started going through it, I realized probably a fourth of this I don't even need. I'll never need. And it somehow ended, ended up, piled up in my garage. And Julie can attest, wait, don't look at me that way. <laughs> I told you to clean it up. No. Um, that I'm standing there gazing over this stuff. Have, have y'all ever had that? Y'all ever had that? Like open a door of a closet and go, goodness, mercy. Today is kind of like that in a spiritual sense. Because we're talking about something that's typically something that might close up and you don't see when you drive by the house. The closet door shut, the garage door shut. You don't typically just see it. From a spiritual sense, it's inside of each of us. And we struggle with something that I want to talk about. It's that free space that we desire. Something left that we need for God to be in our life, freeing up space that becomes the first of the space that we want God to use. And over time, without even thinking about it, it just fills up on top of us and we become overwhelmed. Matthew 5, 8 is our passage for today. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What does being pure in heart mean? 
What we mean is Jesus-centered motives, free of sinful behavior or lifestyle, freedom from guilt, the shackles of shame and sin, the things that tend to bind us down. We rid those, pure in heart. So first, let's understand something. We all have things in our lives that are taking up space that belongs to Jesus. So let's not kid ourselves. We're all in here together. This morning we gathered for worship. And we need to take the opportunity to acknowledge something. Me included. So look around the room. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. Nobody in here can slide under that one. We all are in desperate need of vacuum in our life of help. Matthew, or, uh, Psalm 51, 9 through 10 says, Turn your face away from my sins and blot out all my guilt. God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's my prayer for us today. King David, wise words. House cleaning choice. So today, as we go through this, I'm going to be talking about and rifling through a lot of Scripture. Without having to write it all down or trying to find it in your Bible, I would encourage you to write down, if you're taking notes, make sure you get the, the Scripture reference. Because I, I feel like in this, it's almost like an eight-week counseling session would be needed for some of us that need to root out some of the problems in our life. Some of us, it's, it's more of a sit down and have an honest assessment of, our, of ourselves and with God. But it's too hard to know what that looks like on the inside of your life. And so I, I'm, I feel like the words of the Lord, words of Scripture are more important for sure than Lynn's words. So I'm going to be using a whole lot of scripture today to read through and talk through concepts and ideas. I openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Pure in heart live a life of pure motives. Pure in heart are honest. The pure in heart live freer lives. They are free from barriers and the shackles that we talked about a while ago. We've learned to shed those. It's not something that you shed one time and they're gone. It is something that we learn to continually do. We talked this week, this past week in week three, we used the cycle of despair. Daniel did a great job unpacking what does that mean we talked about pride we talked about guilt we talked about fear and worry doubt the things that drag us down and we allow to isolate us it's a prayer for each one of us that we learn to overcome not one of us is free from the struggle of guilt. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. 
because we need to stop with the guilt trips. I'm going to talk about that today because there is something that you can do today to get rid of the guilt. But it's also an honest assessment of you and your walk. We somehow have learned to devalue or we believe ourselves, maybe a better way to say it, we believe ourselves to be devalued because of something we've done in our past. There's something we think or something hidden from people. There's something. Maybe you're thinking of it right now. Jesus died for that. Whatever you're thinking of, and you've asked Jesus to forgive you of sin, there is a death, a resurrection, that has accomplished the forgiveness of that sin. The value has not dropped. We believe the lie that we're devalued because of something we've done in our past. Jesus doesn't want me to be religious. He wants me to be real. That bubble I talked about a while ago. The real, the real me needs to be honest. The real me makes tough choices that puts me in the area of honesty. Once I see what's real, I know what to change. Buddy Owens, a pastor at Saddleback, made a, a, an awesome, a, two awesome statements in the book, if you're reading the white book. Freedom is impossible without honesty. Freedom is impossible without honesty. The second thing, the cost of freedom is truth. The reward for truth is freedom. When I was a teen, I was a junior in high school, I was driving my brothers, I was oldest, I was driving my brothers to the y, Gray Y football practice. The Y had a flag football and they were getting ready for practice down here in Donaldson on Lebanon Road. And as I approached Donaldson, uh, the Donaldson Y coming up on Lebanon Road, I turned on my blinker to turn left, slowed down. As I was just about to stop, I got rear-ended going about 60 miles an hour. Spare t- we were hit so hard, the spare tire came all the way up and landed on the dashboard between the seats in the front. To this day, every time I stop fast, what do I do? Look in the rearview mirror. <laughs> to this day, every time I stop fast, I look in that rearview mirror. Because there's a reminder back here, I did that once, and I got smashed, collide, impact. Don't we do that sometimes with our our sin? We look in the rearview mirror way too often. The guilt starts piling up on us. And we're not able to understand what God is trying to do in our life. It's the, it's the honesty that brings us out and past that. Do you deal with guilt? 
from something you've done or didn't do? Are you looking in the rearview mirror all the time as, as you're walking forward? You're looking in the rearview mirror. Don't live life looking backwards. Live life looking forward to prepare, to plan, to pray, understanding God is at work in your future. He's already there. There's freedom to be found. It's found in Jesus. It's through a personal time that we study with Him and your Bible and you. And you begin to be honest in privacy. Through our life groups, we're studying Scripture in community that helps us to grow. Through worship, where you can learn and celebrate Jesus as God's faithfulness is anew. When we're real with ourselves, we can see our freedom and where it can be found. God wants to show up in our lives more than you know. Desiring on a daily basis to show himself to you. And too many times we hide. Those shackles we talked about hold us down. And there's no reason for that anymore. Today is an understanding of getting rid of that guilt. Getting rid of the rearview mirror that keeps us and holds us back. So let's look at some scriptures for that. Romans 5, 8. God proves his own love for us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God showed us his great love. His son Jesus paid a price and a cost of that freedom. He did so before we even knew we needed it. Grasp that in your head. That was already done before you knew you needed it. Galatians 5.1 For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm then. Don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, there is a transaction that's made. That Jesus removed those chains that are shackling you to the floor. Sometimes isolating us so much that we, we feel it's claustrophobic. We can't even move. There's not a reason for that. Satan lies to you and you start believing it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old passed away and see the new has come. Jesus made you new. God did it through him. He didn't give you freedom to stay where you are. He is full of grace and mercy and love that walk with you all the way through this process. Now note the progression here of these, these three verses. Out of great love, Christ died for us. He paid for the sin. That's the cost of what we're talking about today, of a pure heart. Through his death and resurrection, he set you free in Galatians. That's the transaction for the freedom that's yours and mine. In 2 Corinthians, it's the reward of the relationship of Jesus in you that we're talking about. 
It's the reward of a new creation. Last, or two weeks ago, Chris Dolberry said something great, and I wrote it down the front of my Bible, and I hope you do. He said, it's not about what you do, but what God has done. I can think on that for like weeks. It's not what I do, it's what God has done. So play off of that in a hundred different directions. I begin to realize the freedom that's mine if I can grab it. It's within reach. It's not information only that gets us there. So putting it, putting it in context, the basis for a pure heart is not how good you've been, but how good God is. Jesus secured something for us that we can't get on our own. We can't earn it. We, we can't get there. It's called freedom. We have to remind Satan so many times to get behind us. And we're looking in the rearview mirror and making, see, making sure that he is available all the time. And we're, we're looking back and creating that guilt that we cannot get away from. It's so damaging to our life. Good behavior doesn't purify your heart. A pure heart will change your behavior. It's not our work of trying to be always perfect. It's who is perfect is living in us and through us. And we have given him control. We quit worrying about what other people think of us. I mean, take it into that area of image. The image that we're so concerned about and we so to, so protect of uh, me or my family or whoever, I'm so worried about what people think that I forgot. I don't have to. This is not about me. This is about God living in me. And God is doing things that I can't even see. The love God has of us. Jesus doesn't need for you to be free from guilt before loving you. He loves you exactly the way you are. No change. In fact, died on the cross before you knew you needed it, which meant you were a sinner. And you can be saved by grace. You can't earn that. A pure heart is found when you surrender to God. By surrendering our will, we give the control over to God. We grant God the access to do more than just know us, but to lead us. It's not an informational meeting. It's a surrender meeting. It's that the, the cliche, come to Jesus meeting. That's what that means. It's as big a deal as it's ever going to get in your life for a come to Jesus meeting because of the surrender, not because of the information. Sin in our life, barriers, unresolved guilt, anything that goes against the Lord to search me in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. 
Guilt destroys any and all confidence of ourselves, of others, of God. So much of our guilt damages relationships that we have. And we don't even realize what other people think when we're acting a weird way and, and we don't even know it. Guilt that sticks in our past. We're stuck in a rut and we can't get out of it. It's that rearview mirror that we cannot get rid of. The sin, the shame, the guilt. Let me encourage you with something here. Because so many of us in our sin nature, we tend to hide and run from God. When this is happening in our life and we begin to feel this way, we tend to run from God. We hide, we isolate. We, or we think we're hiding from God. We're really not, but it feels that way. Let me encourage you to do something different. Run to God. Run to God. Read more scripture. Get with someone who can pray with you. Get with someone that can hold you accountable. Run to God. He's the answer. Through Jesus, His Son, He's the answer. Psalms 32, 5. Psalm 32, 5. Finally, I confess all my sin to you. And stop trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Add to that what Paul wrote in the New Testament. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height or depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How in the world do we do that? It sounds simple on paper. But when we're really honest, the honesty shows us something that is that's ugly, that's hard to deal with. That I'm so worried about what other people might think that I forget the freedom that comes with it. it a while ago, I was talking about the, the opposite. of if, if I give my control to the Lord, then I'm going to feel claustrophobic because I lose control. The, the shackles of hooking myself to the Lord might weigh me down. No, it's the opposite. It's what God gives you in the freedom through Jesus. So we're going to talk about three things in closing. How do we have and maintain a pure heart? There's three elements to this, and there, it's been through this whole message. To confess to ourself, to confess to God, and confess to others. Scripture teaches. So, number one, to be honest about your heart condition. Confess to yourself. Take a personal inventory. What is it about my heart that doesn't line up with Scripture? 
What is it about my heart that needs to change, to dive really deep, to spend really some time privately with the Lord and preferably with your Bible so that you can, you can compare the two? What is it that God needs me to see? I've already read Psalms 139, 23, 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. So if there's any offensive way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. Ask God to show us where we need freedom in our heart and our life. Then we make some rewarding choices moving forward. We turn our heart over to God. We accept Jesus as our personal Savior. Some of us in the room may not have ever done that. To yield to the will of God is to surrender yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. We think we'll be bound and shackled if we give control away. And yet, it's the very opposite of that. Number two, to repent and place your heart into God's hands. We confess to God. The confession of God is a daily thing that we need to build a habit in our life that we're able to meet with God and talk to God about those shortcomings. It's a matter of trust. Getting rid of that guilt and the sin is understanding Jesus is here for you. It's not trying to search and find him. He's already here. He's already with me. Luke 5, 31 and 32. Luke 5, 31 and 32. Jesus replied to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, God, God forgives instantly. God doesn't wait for us to do something for him to forgive us. That's what Satan's trying to, to make some people think. Maybe he's trying to force it on you. There's something I need to do. I need to clean myself up. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to get myself right. I need to do something before Jesus forgives me of my sin. God forgives you of the sin instantly. He forgives freely. You can't even earn it. In fact, we don't even deserve it. But God gives it freely. We only need to receive it. God forgives completely. Not in stages, not partially. God forgives completely. I want to challenge you to read your Bible. Scripture teaches us so much about pure in heart and the motives behind the pure in the heart. Because if you're seeking the pure in heart of what you're going to gain, you're, you're losing the pure in the heart. <laughs> the purity is starting to seep away. Learn what that means to study the Bible personally or in a small group or a corporate study. To know the promises of God, that we can live them out. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways know Him and He will make your paths straight. It is no more clear than that. There's no, there's no more clarity that if we give ourselves to the Lord, our heart, He'll make our paths straight. So let's go to Scripture again. When we turn our lives over to Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. In context of what we were talking about a while ago, it's the opportunity to shed the, the sin and the shame and the guilt. We're a new creation. It's the promises of God that allows us to get there. And when we release ourselves into God's hands, Philippians 1.6, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Some translations say we'll perfect it. Maybe yours says that. Or maybe it says we'll continue to help. He'll never leave you alone. And then number three, first is confess to yourself. Second is confess to God. Third is confess to others. Find a trusted and godly friend to help us grow. We were meant for community. Some of us are going to have a hard time with this one because we think it's our bent. It's going to be tough. We're meant for community. We're meant for each other. We're never meant to isolate and be stuck on an island unto ourselves. You need help and you need to give help. Community. We shed the guilt and the despair and the isolation. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. So that you will be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. There's a level of community we're talking about here. It, it brings accountability with it. The opportunity to have community with someone and accountability is what God would desire for each of us. Now, sometimes our personalities don't come out for that. Either the person that's on one end of the stick that's like the life of the party, and yeah, 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 you know, the loudest one in the room, or the person over here that never does say anything. They're very quiet. They're, it, it, both have a, the same need. And then there's a, most of us in the middle that are trying to figure out why is he being so loud and why won't he ever say anything. We need it too. We need the opportunity to have community and accountability. It's difficult to find mature in faith, a godly friend, someone to pray with you, to mentor you, to support you, to help guide you, even to call you out. To pray today. To ask Jesus, if you don't have that in your life, that you pray today, that you can find that person or small group of people to maintain a pure heart and to walk 
to reveal things, to help you get there and to maintain it is our prayer for each other. The greatest promise, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Confess to yourself. Confess to God. Confess to others. The road to obtaining a pure heart and maintaining it. Today, I'm going to open up this area down here as an altar. I'm not worried about the image. I don't want you to be worried about the image. More people are praying for you if you feel you need to come down here then you will possibly understand and know. The help is here. His name's Jesus. There's prayer partners on both sides that are going to be standing by these tables. They would love the opportunity to pray with you. There's assistance and more and more help. And we're going to talk more about this in life groups this week. About what does this mean? What does it look like? Honesty. Freedom. God, today, please teach us to lay it down. Lay it down. There's communion on both sides, the Lord's Supper. There's prayer. I mentioned earlier, our elders pray. We love praying for our congregation. If you have a prayer request, there's little prayer uh, cards over there with a pen. You just simply put it on there, pin them to the cross, lay them down. Again, I want to open up the altar, an opportunity for you to deal with God. If someone can help you, please, please reach out. You are not alone.